Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for hosting me, bringing me back. It's been a little bit of a while. On Simchas Torah, we have two very important aliyahs. We have the aliyah of Chasan Torah and the aliyah of Chasan Barashas. These are very expensive commodities in many Batek Neisiyos. And uh, in many shuls, it's the main source of income for the year. Chasan Torah, Chasan Barashas. And if you're paying attention, there's a little bit of a nuance of difference between the language that's used to call up the Chasan Torah and the language that's used to call up the Chasan Barashas. To call up the Chasan Torah, we say, Amoid, Amoid, Amoid. Rise up, rise up, rise up. We call up the Chassan Taira. Well, when it comes to calling up the Chassan Barashas, we say, Maher, Amoid, Amoid. We say, quickly, quickly. There's a big rush. So for some reason, when it comes to Chassan Barashas, there's a very big rush to get the Chassan Barashas up there. And the stipler explains there is a very big rush. Because as soon as you finish a Sefer, there's a great danger there's a, there's a danger of the Kitrug of the Satan. The Satan is going to say, okay, they finished the Torah, but they're not starting again. They're taking, there's a lull in the action, there's a lapse in the action, and it's always important never to be finished. We, are, we recognize, we understand that it's never good to be finished. You always have to be beginning. Uh, the Panovich was once asked, why is it, just as he was about to finish building one yeshiva, he always started building the next yeshiva. And the Panavich said, very simple, every day they give a did mecheshman in Shemayim, every day they look at my account, I'm afraid if they ever say that I'm done with something, the Malach might say, okay, now's a good time to take him. So it's never good to be done. It's always good to be beginning. And therefore, when we call up the Chassan Tairah, we call him up, Amoid, Amoid, Amoid. But when we call up Chassan Barashas, we're in a hurry. We can never be finished. We always have to be starting again. In fact, very interestingly, I just saw, we know that's why we lay in the Haftarah on Sefer Torah of Sefer Yehoshua, so it should not seem like we're finishing the Torah and we're not starting Nevi'im, so we start the Nevi'im as well. And that's the reason why Davening ends with Adonai Lam. Why does Davening end with them? Lest the Malochim look down from Shemayim and they say, Yibanisham, okay, he's finished Shachrish, he's finished Shachris. get him, now's a good time. There's a lull in the action. So as soon as Shachris is over, we start again, Adonai Elam. That's the reason why Davening ends with Adonai Elam. So we begin Bereshus. Very interesting, Rav Chaim Falaji, the great Rav of Izmir, writes that the beginning of the year starts the day after Sukkot that the 12 days after Sukkot start the beginning of the year, which is uh, rather strange. You would think we're already a month into the year. Why would the year begin right after Sukkot? So Chaim Falaji says, because that's when the year starts. Chaf Dalid Tishrei is the first day of the year. And the first 12 days beginning Chaf Dalid Tishrei correspond to each month of the year. So we're still, so to speak, holding in the beginning of the year, and I believe the reason for this is because when we read Parshas Barashas, not only are we recalling what happened in the past, but it's, so to speak, a reenactment of the creation of the world, and therefore it's a very uh, new beginning. And we need to approach the Torah in the following way. Does anybody know? How many Perushim are there on the Torah? There are a lot. 
There's, uh, there's Pardes, Pshat, Remez, Gushan, Soif. And then there's an idea of Shivim, Panim, Latayrah. There's 70 commentaries on the Torah. However, the Chafetz Chaim writes, there are 600,000 Perushim on every Pasuk in the Chalash. 600,000 Perushim. And each Perush emanates from a, nif- a different Neshama of Kal Yisrael. So you read the Torah and say, how could there be 600,000 Perushim on every Pasuk in Chalash? You have to understand what this document is. You know, if you were to uh, travel to the moon at the speed of light, at 186,000 miles per second, you'd get there in a couple of minutes. However, if you would want to get to the nearest star, it could take 500 years traveling at 168,000 miles per second to get to the nearest star. You know, we look at the sun, we think the sun is... uh, it's a source of great power, a source of great energy. The sun is basically nothing. The sun is like a flashlight compared to the sources of energy that there are in the orbs of the sky. The sun is only one of billions of light sources in our galaxy, and our galaxy is only one of billions of galaxies, which is impossible to fathom. Which means the sun compared, in other words, If you were to take one grain of sand and make an equation, what is one grain of sand compared to this entire planet? The sun is smaller than that compared to the universe. And with what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu create all of space? With the Torah. That means the Torah has to contain in it unlimited, infinite power. Just in the human body alone, I know I'm not supposed to speak about science, but give me two minutes. In the human body alone, at any given time, there are more than 500 octillion processes that take place at any given second. That means right now, there are more than a thousand billion processes that are needed for your survival that are taking place every single second. And what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu create it with? This body, created with the words of the Torah. That means the energy that's latent in every letter of Torah is infinite, it's endless, there's 600,000 perushim, and that is why, on the words, Doroish, Dorash, Moshe, the word Doroish is the last word on the column, Dorash is the first letter on the column, which indicates, as soon as you've ended learning Torah, you have to go right back to the beginning, Dorash, you haven't even started yet. The next words are, Vihine Soiraf, Sarov stands for Shishim, Riboy, Partsufim. There's 600,000 ways of viewing every detail of Torah. So you start Bereshis, and you open up the Chumash, and the feeling that we should have is as the Ramban writes in his Hakdama to Chumash, he says, Aschil Lichtoiv Chidushim Beperish HaTorah. I will begin to write Chidushim on the Torah, Be'ema, Beyira, Bereses, Bezea, Bemoira. Think about the fact that Kaddish Baruch Hu created the sun with these words. Think about how powerful these words are. You open up a Chumash, one should recoil in great trepidation. The Ramban writes, Believe Nidke in a broken heart. Benefesh Shavura, a broken spirit. Shoyal Slicha, 
I ask for atonement. In other words, a person should be overwhelmed approaching the Tyre. If somebody had the opportunity to press the button that unleashed the atom bomb, think about the great... Think about how the heart would palpitate when a person had that kind of power in their hands. That's the kind of spiritual kayach Hashem has invested us in us with the ability to learn the Tarak Dosha. And the Rabban writes, the Nafshi Yoidas Ma'oid I know very clearly. Anybody here ever see an ant egg? No, because you can't see it. I know that an ant egg compared to the sun is greater than my wisdom is compared to the secrets that are latent in the words of the Torah. That's the attitude one should have when approaching the Torah Daisha. See, almost, you know, you're afraid to open up the book. And we should be. This sefer is Estakel Ba'ayraisa Ubara Alma. Nevertheless, Hashem is very kind to us. And in His infinite Rachamim, Hashem tries to draw us in to the Torah Dosha already, not from the first Perak, not from the first Pasuk, not even from the first word, from the first letter of the Torah. What is the first letter of the Torah, of course? Bez. What is the first Nikuda of the Torah? Shva. Says Rav Shem Klimberg. We know the Rav Shem has many relationships with Kal Yisrael. He's, a, he's everything to us. Every relation there is, Rav Shem is to us. But most importantly, and I actually had the privilege to speak about this uh, here, I believe, the last time I was here, the most important Yisoyed in Kala Torah Kula is that we are Banam Lamakim. We're the children of Hashem. We are Hashem's kinderlach. That is, the Chidah writes, I'll read to you his words, It is known, The foundational principle of Kal Yisrael. From the day we left Egypt until today, That we are the children of Hashem. So right off the bat, says the Chidah, Hashem wants to remind us, don't be so scared of this document. Because you have to know who it's coming from. It's coming from your father. You have to know who you are. You are Bonim Lamakon. Here's the sign. Bez. Bez stands for, you are Bonim Lamakon. The first Nakuda is a Shva. What's a Shva? Not a Tsere, two brothers. A Shva, father and child. That is who the Torah comes from. It comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's our Tata, who's our Father, and as awesome as this document is, and as powerful as this document is, you need to get right into it. This is for you. Le'ene kol Yisrael, the Torah ends. Beratius, for all of Kla Yisrael, is this Torah that the Rebbein gave to us. So that's the opening message of the Torah, Torah. And then the Rebbein tells us something very important. Beratius. I have a sefer at home. It's called Chaim Tchila, of Rav Chaim Falaji. A hundred and one ways to connect the end of the Torah to the beginning of the Torah. In other words, to swing Le'enei Kal Yisrael back to the beginning, Bereshaz Baralekin. It's interesting, when Rav Chaim Falaji published the sefer, he published it in small size. A little, he published it in pocket size. And he says, the reason he publishes it in pocket size 
is because he knows that in the month of Tishrei, people are very busy. There are many young Tzadim, especially between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And people don't really have a chance to sit and spend a lot of time learning. This way, I'm giving you a pocket-sized Sefer with 101 insights connecting the end of the Torah to the beginning. Anytime you have a free moment, you could whip it out, you could, uh, you could glean one approach to understand the connection of the end of the Torah to the beginning. So listen to what he says. If you're afraid to delve into the Torah, Bereshus, the letters Bereshus could be read, Baras Shai, God created Shai, 310. What's 310? Of course, we know the last Mishnah in Shas. Asid HaKadosh Baruch Hu Lahanchil L'chol Tzadik V'Tzadik Shai Olam Ha'is. Olam Haba is 310 worlds. That's Olam Haba. So the first word in the Torah is saying that there's a lot invested in this. There's a lot to gain by learning this document. Barash Shai, the Yom Hashem created 310 worlds of reward for those who learn this document. Now, why 310? There are 310 prakim in Shas. Oilam Haba goes for those who learn Torah. There are 310 prakim in Shas. Moreover, say Shas, where is there anything about Shas in the beginning of Barashas? The gematria, the numerical value, Bereshus bara Elohim Ace Hashamayim the Ace Haaretz, is equivalent to Zroim Moyed Nashim Yeshuais Kachim Taharais Shishisidre Mishnah. Exactly. You can do it right now. Bereshus bara Elohim Ace Hashamayim the Ace is the gematria of Shishisidre Mishnah. Now, why three hundred and ten? How many mitzvahs are there? 613 mitzvahs. How many mitzvahs do Rabbanan? Six, seven mitzvahs do Rabbanan. So a total of 620 mitzvahs. That's why how many letters are there in the Aser Sadibrois? 620 letters. So Rebunisham gives, so why does God only give 310? The answer is, you have the tzaddik, you have the tzaddikas, and they split it in half. 310 for the Tzadik, 310 for the Tzadikis, that's why Asir, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, LaHanchil, L'chol Tzadik, the Tzadik, Shayu Elamis. That's where the 310 comes from. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Sefer Bereshis. The Ramban, in his introduction to Sefer Shemais, dubs Bereshis a new name. The Ramban gives Bereshis a very interesting title. The Ramban says, what are you going to call Bereshis? Sefer Hayatzira, the Book of Creation. And the Ramban is immediately bothered. Why would you call Bereshus the book of creation? The first parak of Bereshus talks about the creation of the world. And after that, it's all narrative. The Mabel has nothing to do with creation of the world. The stories of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov have nothing to do with creation of the world. Why call the entire Sefer, Sefer Hayitzim? That's the question of the Ramban. And the Ramban then advances the most fundamental principle in Sefer Bereshus. The Ramban says that actually the entire Bereshus speaks about the creation of the history of Kalisa. How's that? The Ramban advances the principle, Masse Avois, Simulabanam. Says Ramban, all the activities of Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, when Avraham went down to Mitzrayim, when Yitzchak dug the wells, when Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim, every activity that was performed by Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov created the history of 
the future history of the Jewish people. And therefore the Ramban says a very interesting idea. He says that when God decrees that something should happen, it's not so simple for it to occur the way the Rebbe Hashem decreed. Because Rebbe Hashem issues the decree from Shemayim, and that decree has to come down and trickle down from Oilam Ha'atzilos, Oilam Ha'bria, Oilam Ha'yitzira, Oilam Ha'asiyah, until it gets down to this physical world, there are a lot of things that could interfere with the way the Gezerah occurs. So Rebbe Hashem could decree, let's say, that somebody should be successful, mm-hmm. but by the time that decree gets down here to this world, it already hit all kinds of impediments. So in order to facilitate a decree and bring it to fruition, the Rebbe so to speak, needs an act to be done so that the decree should be concretized and it should materialize. And that's the concept of Masei Avay Sinamabana. So the Rebbe decreed that Ka'iso would go down to Mitzrayim for 210 years. But it ain't going to happen until somebody goes through the motion of going down to Mitzrayim and that will cause that decree to materialize. So Avraham Avinu goes down to Mitzrayim and that sets into motion that hundreds of years later, Klal Yisrael will go down to Mitzrayim. Or here's another example. The war with the four kings. Avraham Avinu fights the four kings. What's that all about? So Ramban says, because God decreed that ultimately we're going to go into four Golosim. But what caused to materialize the decree that we would go into the four Golosim? The fact that Avram Avinu fought the four kings, that brought to fruition that we would go into Dalai Golosim. Remember the story when uh, Yitzchak Avinu, he's digging the wells, he, he digs the first well, and the Plishtim come and they stuff up the well. And then Yitzchak digs the second well, and the Plishtim stuff up the second well. And then finally Yitzchak digs the third well and he, nobody bothers him and that's the end of the story. And the Ramban is bothered. This is a, a relevant uh, information. Who cares about the wells that Yitzchak Avinu dug? So Ramban says, the, this little episode that you would think is uh, not that significant is the forerunner, is the pre-enactment of all three Batei Mikdashim. So Yitzchak digs the first well and the Goyim come, the Plishtim come, and they stuff it up. And what was the name of that well? Asek. There was fighting over it. That represents Beit HaMikdash HaRishan, which was destroyed. And then Yitzchak Avinu digs the second well, and the second well was stuffed up as well. And what was the name of the second well? Sitna. And that represents the fact that the second Beit HaMikdash was destroyed because of Sinashina. And the third well, Yitzchak digs, nobody gives him a problem, and he calls the third well... In other words, says Ramban, every event that is recorded in Bereshis creates the history of the Jewish people. So the reason why Bereshis is called Sefer HaYetzirah is because Parashat's Bereshis speaks about the creation of the world, and the entire Sefer then is the handbook of the creation of the history of the Jewish people. So it's a good thing you came today, because you're going to hear a novel interpretation of why this entire Sefer Bereshis is called Sefer Yitzhira. Not only because it speaks about the creation of the history of the Jewish people, but let's go to a Mishnah Perkei The Mishnah says, how many generations from Noyach until Avram? Ten generations. Asura Doiros, Me Noyach Ad 
Abraham. What is he called? Abraham. Next Mishnah. Asara Nisyoinois Nisnasu Abraham Avinu. Ten tests Abraham Avinu was tested on. So Chaim Balajnara asks, why is it that when it comes to the ten generations, it's just from Noah until Abraham, and when it comes to the ten tests, it's Abraham, um, it's Abraham Avinu. Why did he become Abraham Avinu? So Chaim Balajnara advances a very fundamental principle. He says, why do we call Abraham Avinu? He's our great, 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 why was he called our father? What makes him our father? Says of Chaim Belajnar, any test that Abraham Avinu overcame, it's not just a good deed that he did. By overcoming that challenge, he then programmed into the spiritual DNA, into the moral fabric of Klal Yisrael, that this is something that we're capable of accomplishing, this is something we're capable of doing. For instance, says Rebbe Chaim Lashem, Hashem tells Avraham Avinu, go to Eretz Yisrael. Says Rebbe Chaim, any time a Jew is able to pick up themselves, pick themselves up, leave the Galos, go to Eretz Yisrael, the Emuna, where did such a Kayak come from? Who could do such a thing? That only is programmed within the spiritual DNA of a Jew because Avraham Avinu listened to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Hashem said, Lech Lecha, and now part of the fabric of Klal Yisrael is that we're able to go, go to Eretz Yisrael. Another thing, says Rukhaim, something happens, and it seems very difficult. It seems very challenging. But what does the Yitz say? Gamzulitan. How does a human being have that capacity to, to say, even though to my eyes it looks like something terrible, the Yibanesha must have a good plan. Where does that come from? When Abraham Avinu was told to get, get, go to Eretz Yisrael, he goes to Eretz Yisrael, and the first thing Abraham Avinu encounters is famine. So can you imagine? Abraham Avinu left his homeland, he traveled hundreds of miles, he gets to Eretz Yisrael, and there's nothing to eat, there's nothing to drink. Did Abraham Avinu question, was he mahar achar midoysav shalakadosh baruch hu? Abraham Avinu didn't say anything. He said, gamzu l'tayva. The capacity for a Jew to be able to Say that comes from Avraham Avinu. Any test that Avraham Avinu passed, any Nisayon that he overcame, he programmed into the spiritual DNA of Klal Yisrael that this is something we're able to accomplish. In fact, you know, there's a famous question by the Akedah. Who was tested at the Akedah? By Yehi Acharei Hadvarim Ha'ela Nisa Nisa Es Avraham. And what, for Yitzchak it wasn't a test? Yeah. Well, if anything, it was a test for Yitzchak. Avinu got to go home. He got to go home for Shabbos. He got to have a Shabbos suda. Yitzchak Savinu, the one, he's the one whose neck is being slit. Why is the test attributed to Avraham and not to Yitzchak? If anything, if I was writing it, like him, Nisa, it's Yitzchak. And Avraham uh, also. But why is it like him, Nisa, as Avraham? It should be like him, Nisa, as Yitzchak. Furthermore, the Chanan asks, why was it such a big test? How many thousands of Jews throughout the millennia have been moister nefesh al Kiddush Hashem? Do we write a pasuk in the Chumash, Ra'alekim Nisa, as this one, as that one? Why Davka Avraham? The answer is, according to Rabchaim Elijah, we understand very simply. Once Avraham Avinu overcame the Nisayon of being moister nefesh by Ur Kazdim, 
when Hashem, when Avram Avinu jumped into the fire, it's now programmed into the DNA of a Yid that they could be Moister Nefer Shakilah Hashem. So we're not going to write Vale Kim Nisas Yitzchak. It wasn't such a big Nisayim for Yitzchak. Yitzchak wasn't the first one who had, who had to give up his life al Kedash Hashem. Avram Avinu already gave up his life al Kedash Hashem in Orkazdim. But nobody was ever told that they have to sacrifice their child for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's a test that was never programmed into the DNA of Kali Yisrael. So therefore it's Elikim Nisa as Avraham. But it wasn't a test for Yitzchak. Yitzchak already had it in his DNA because Avraham did it previously. And that's why throughout the millennia Jews have been able to be Moisa Nefesh HaKadosh Hashem. Because once Avraham did it, it's part of the program. It's part of our essence. It's part of our reality. In fact, I once heard from a Rav from Ireland, Rabbi Isaac Bernstein. And later I found in the Sefer Masayad. Very interesting. You know, remember the Gemara in the end of Masech the Brachas? The Gemara says that Rabbi Akiva, I see you're still nodding your head. Masech the Brachas, of course. Dafsa <laughs> Machala. The Gemara says that uh, the Romans made a decree that nobody could teach Torah publicly. And Rabbi Kiva was gathering big assemblages of, uh, of Talmidim, and they took Rabbi Akiva, and they began to rake his flesh. And what was Rabbi Kiva doing? Rabbi Kiva was saying, Kriya Shema. And the Talmidim said, Ad Khan, even now you're, you're thinking about the Yibanisham? And what was Rabbi Kiva's response? My whole life, Kol Yomai, I was waiting, I was waiting my whole life for this moment. That means Rabbi Akiva, his entire life, he was awaiting the opportunity to give up his life on Kiddush Hashem. Why was he doing that? Do we find that Rabbi Gamaliel was waiting his whole life to give up his life on Kiddush Hashem? Do we find Rabbi Tarfoin was waiting his whole life? Do we find any other Tana awaited their whole life to give up their life? Why Dafka Rabbi Akiva? Oh, the answer is very simple. Because no other Tana needed to await whether they would have to give up their life of Kedosh Hashem. Every Jew knew that if ever put to the test, they have it within them to be Moiser Nefesh of Kedosh Hashem. But Rabbi Akiva was worried because Rabbi Akiva comes from Gerim. And maybe Avraham Avinu, when he programmed into Klal Yisrael, that a Jew could be Moisa Nefesh al Hashem, maybe it only went to his physical heirs, but not to the spiritual heirs of Rabbi Akiva. And therefore Rabbi Akiva was awaiting his whole life. Do I have it within me to be Moisa Nefesh al Hashem? And now that he had the opportunity, he was very happy, he was very proud that he too had that Kayach invested in Klal Yisrael from Avraham Avinu. Voracious is called Sefer Hayatzirah, I believe. Not only like the Ramban says, because it created the history of Klal Yisrael, but Sefer Voracious creates the spiritual personality of Klal Yisrael. Every Madrega that Avraham Avinu acquired is now programmed into our makeup. It didn't just create the happenings to Klal Yisrael, it created our spiritual makeup, our spiritual fabric, our moral fabric. Whatever we read in Beratius is the history of not what will happen to us, but who we are and what we're made out of. And I believe that's a, a noob shot in why Sefer Beratius is called Sefer Hayatzira. Little trivia question. What is the most important number 
in Yiddishkeit? One. Okay, uh, that good answer, but I'm not looking for the hands. <laughs> What's the numerical value of the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Twenty-six. Yeah. So probably the twenty-sixth pasuk in the Chumash ought to be a very important pasuk. Did anybody ever calculate what is the twenty-sixth pasuk? In the Chumash. This would be, you would think, the pinnacle of creation, the summit of the Bria. And uh, there's a very interesting Sefer. The name of the Sefer is uh, Ben La Ashri, the Tzaddik of Ranana, written by Rabbi Yitzchak HaKoyin Huberman, who actually was a Chabrusa of my great grandfather in Sachachov, and he never had children. So he writes in his Hakdama that anybody who says over his Divrei Torah, he promises he will pray for you and bail you out of any tzara ba'olam hazeh or ba'olam haba. It's worth a shot, no? So, so he has discovered. So if you're going to say this over, you say it over in the name of the Ben Ashri, the Tzadik Ranan. The twenty-sixth pasuk in the Chumash is Vayoymer Eloikim Nase Adam. Exactly. The creation of man. That makes sense. That's the pinnacle of creation. That's the summit. That's the greatest manifestation of the Yubayin Hashem in this world. Here Hashem created Selem Elohim. There's nothing that manifests HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world more than a human being. The 26th Pasuk in the Chumash, Nase Adam. So let's analyze this Pasuk and Rashi for a moment. There's a big problem with this Pasuk. So let's start with the following question. If you had a choice of two yeshivas to send your kid to, one yeshiva, they have great learning, great lambdas, spitz lambdas, about Reb Chaim al The other yeshiva is not as strong in lambdas, but they learn better midas. What is more important? Knowing Hashem? Believing in Hashem or having Midas Tavis? Bottom line. It's a good thing I didn't ask which yeshiva you sent your kids to. Now, which, which is more important? Midas or Emuna? Is it more important to believe in God or more important to have Midas Tavis? The good thing is, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. <laughs> Let's see what Rashi says. Because Rashi has something to say about this. Rashi is bothered by a question. Rashi, on the first Pasuk, on the Pasuk 26, Rashi, what do you mean, let us make men? Who's God's talking to? There's no committee. There's no board. Talking the board director, the vice president. Who is God speaking to? So Rashi says famously, the Yom is addressing his heavenly retinue. He's speaking to Malachi Ashores. But what do you mean they didn't create man? Says Rashi, from here we learn Anivus and Derecheres, that a superior should always ask the advice of the inferior, even if you're not going to listen. And that is what God did, even though there's a danger that people might think there's more than one God. But Hashem addressed it at the end. That's why at the end of the Pasuk it says, Vayivra Eloikim. Fine. Says the Beis Halevi, Briskarov. Okay, so you could, you could accept this. Says the Beis Halevi. That means Rashi's telling us, God could have wrote the Pasuk one of two ways. He could have wrote, 
as to Adam, I'll make man, and then everybody would have known there's one God, but then we wouldn't have known that God is humble, or God chose the latter. He wrote, Nasa Adam, let us make man, at the expense of perhaps thinking there's more than one God, to teach the lesson in humility. From here, says the Beis we learn, Midois, Taivois are more important than Amunan HaKadosh And therefore, Halacha Lamaisa, says the Beis you have a choice of two yeshivas. One has better learning, and one has better midos. Beis Alevi says we learn from Rashi, midos toivos are more important than deos. Now, there are two other angles of looking at the Rashi that might adjust our understanding of what Rashi is trying to communicate. But at face value, what Rashi seems to be saying is it's more important to teach a lesson in midos than a lesson in deos. I once saw a stifler many years ago, a very challenging word of the stifler, and I heard this in yeshiva also. If you have a teenager, and they have issues with emuna, they have questions in emuna. So, one might think the way to address these questions is they should uh, learn proofs to Hashem's existence, and learn proofs to the authenticity of the Torah, and the stifler said, absolutely not, that's not the problem. Says the stipler, all questions in Amuna come from the Midah of Gaiva. All questions, anytime a person has doubts or questions or thoughts, it is rooted in a Midah of Gaiva. Because as soon as somebody focuses on humility, that their whole life, all their assets, all their resources, all their talents is on loan, short term, from my Kaddish Baruch Hu, and their existence is not inherent, but is borrowed, immediately a spirit of the Shekhinah will reside on the person, and all questions fade away. In other words, says the Stifler, there's no such thing as questions in Emunah. If a person would be truly humble, then all questions would fade away. All questions in Emunah come from the Midah of Gaiva. Now, having this principle clear, then Rashi does not necessarily mean to be saying that it's worthwhile to teach a lesson in Midois at the expense of thinking there's more than one Rebunishlam. Then Rashi could be saying a much more profound idea. What Rashi may be saying is that Rebunishlam has two choices. Rebunishlam could choose to say, I will make man! You know what the problem then is? If God would say, I will make man, then you might think Hashem is uh, authoritarian. And you might think that Hashem has the need of gaiva. And then a person might learn gaiva. And if a person learns gaiva, they're going to have heretical thoughts anyway, because all kfira comes from gaiva. So the Rebbe felt it's more worthwhile to teach a lesson in humility, because if I teach a lesson in humility... People won't have any questions in Amuna in the first place. So it's not that Midois Toivois is more important than belief in Hashem. But if a person would have the Mida Toiva of Anivos, they wouldn't have questions about the Rebbe in the first place. Let's speak for a few minutes about Noyach vis-a-vis Abraham. Noyach gets a big intro. Noyach 
He gets up, before he gets up to the podium, just, uh, it's a great cover for us to introduce. Noyach. Noyach, by the way, we want everybody to know Noyach was a tzaddik. Noyach was matzachim be'ine Hashem. You know, and everybody is, wow, they're getting ready to stand up for Noyach. Not only that, he was Tamim. Not only that, as Tolekim as Noyach got like the biggest intro in the history of any tzaddik. I mean, longer than anybody at the Aguda convention. Noyach's intro is like unbelievable. He has, he has the longest resume I've ever seen of any tzaddik. Tzaddik haya, Tamim haya, Semazach Noyach, and God liked him as Tolekim as Noyach. And the next speaker, Abraham, you know what kind of intro he got? Like, I got. He just got right up there. It's good. We're friends. I'm just joking. Right? It's good. That's how I like it. It's okay. Abraham gets not one good word. Next week's parasha. Hashem El. Abraham. Who's this guy? I don't know from a hole in the wall. You know, at the end of Nayak, it listed Haran, Nachar, Terach. And we have a list of 20 people. And all of a sudden, out of the 20 people, Bayom Hashem al-Avram. And it's not like we have nothing to say about him. We could say, Avram, he's the guy who jumped into the fire for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's the biggest Baal Chesed in history. He's the greatest Kira professional in history. And who's greater, Avraham or Nayak? Abraham, of course, Abraham's much greater. And Noach gets this whole intro, and Abraham just gets up there. What's going on? We don't know anything about him. Is, is Abraham a nice guy even? Who is he? Says the Maharal, this question is the single most important question to ask on Sefer Barishas. Did he ever bother about this question? We, Abraham comes to the scene, and we don't know him from Adam. Who's Avram? Says the Maharal, there's a big difference between Noyach and Avram. Noyach is Noyach. And therefore we have to know who he is. He's a Tzaddik. He's a Tamim. He's Esalikim Esalach Avraham was an Avraham. Avraham was the Avinu. He is the patriarch of Kal When God tells Avraham, Vayim Hashem Avraham, Lech Lecha, Hashem is selecting Kal Yisrael. Now here's the problem. If it would say, by your Hashem al-Avram, oh, who is Avram? The Tzaddik, the Baal Chesed, the Mekar Rechoikim, then you might think that Hashem loves Avraham and therefore Kal Yisrael, Tluya Bedavar, because of X. And what's going to happen in 2021 when we're not Baalei Chasodim and we're not Goimlei Chasodim and we're not Mekar Rechoikim and we're not Maminim? So you would say, God selected Avram because he's a tzaddik, but now we're not worthy anymore of that selection. And therefore, the Rebbein intentionally omitted from the Torah HaKadoshah any mention of any accolade or maila of Avraham Avinu, so that we recognize the principle we started with, that God loves us bees because we're bonim lamotan, just because the Rebbe didn't select Abraham because he's a tzaddik, or he's a Baal Chesed, or he's a Makar B'chayim. God just selected Abraham because we're Yidin, and we're the Tzelem Elohim, that no other nation is. And therefore, if it would have said, you would think God's love for the Jewish people is dependent. And therefore it says, Why? 
because. No questions asked. God doesn't love us because of. He just loves Klal Yisrael. That's how the Torah starts, and that's the intro to Abraham Avinu. Now, Noach did not have a great time in his rabbinic career. So when Noach got up to the pulpit, and he said he, he darshaned for 120 years, how many people did he win over? Nobody. Not a very fe- effective rabbinic career. He did not convince one person that the Mabu would come. Now, I don't know about you, I was wondering this week, when it started to rain, he said in 120 years, it's going gonna, it's gonna to flood. Okay, so then exactly 120 years, it started raining. And it rained for five days, six days, seven days. And Noah's like, I told you so. And the water is getting higher, and they're, you know, they're, they're walking down to the grocery store in rafts. And Noah's like, you guys out of your mind? What, why don't you listen to me? Nobody, nobody listened to him. And Avram Avinu was successful in influencing tens of thousands of people. So Avramavinu obviously had a better method. What is the difference between the success of Avramavinu and the lack thereof of Naya? And the answer is found in an amazing sefer. It's called Drashois El Ami and also Lemevuche Ha'auma of Rabbi Victor Amiel. It says, if you look in Parshas Noyach, what is mankind called? Kates call Basar. Kihishchis call Basar. Noach was speaking to them, but he did not give them the insight that a human being is anything more than Basar. And if somebody thinks that all they are is a sophisticated shtick of flesh, that a person is just a Basar, then you can't have any influence on them. Avravinu comes to the scene and he revolutionizes one concept. V.S. Hanefesh Asher Asu Bechara. Amravinu taught the world that we are not Basar We have a Neshama. We're Tzalem Aleikim. That was the singular dis, um, difference between the approach of Noyach and Avraham. Ad Kedekach. Avravinu even revolutionized the concept of marriage. Until Avravinu, what's marriage? Adam says to Chava, Etsem me'atzomai u'basar ni'basari. Marriage, just physical. Comes Avram Avinu and he turns to Sarah and he says, V'choysa nafshi b'glalech. The marriage is not the union of the guf, it's the union of the nefesh. That's why in halacha, V'choymer of erosin, which is the first step of marriage, which is only the union of the nefesh, is actually more chamor than afterwards, nesuin, which is the, the union of the gulf. Because that's the ikr tafkin, the ikr fasted of kedushin. And this was the chiddush of Avram Avinu. In a world of basar, it's ki hishchis kal basar. In a world of basar, it's kates kal basar. In the world of nefesh, it's v'yes ha-nefesh asher asu b'charan. So these are a few thoughts on Sefer Bereshis. And of course, it all goes back to the 26th Pasuk. If we understand that Nase Adam is Beruchnius, then we're able to achieve that which the Torah expects of us, and uh, which is to be the Am Segula Mikola Amen. Thank you so much for listening.